definitely getting into business like, with JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley. They're definitely looking out for you, bro. Yeah, yeah. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to the Compounder Bros Podcast, where we go behind the scenes and show you how the sausage is really made. I'll be your host. My name is Billy. And of course, I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Pinch, childhood friend, esteemed colleague, stuff like that. We each have several years of relevant industry experience where we manage, or at least work for guys who manage, seven and eight figure relationships due to the fact that our bosses would have us killed if they heard us airing out our unfiltered opinions for non-fee-paying customers, we've had to disguise our voices, and we're broadcasting here from a deep underground bunker. Today is February 6th. We run a screen on Dow Jones companies with the highest dividend yield. Um, before we get to the fruits of our label, <clears throat> our labor, a couple uh, important caveats. Uh, this is a hobby for Pitch and I, and during the week we do a lot of hard work. We listen to earnings calls, we meet with bougie uh, well, skip that part, but uh, we, you know, we read research reports. We've made sure and do absolutely none of that here tonight. In fact, our lawyers say to remind you, this is just a couple of guys kicking back after work, maybe drinking a beer, may have had a couple plus of puffs of a blunt. We surely should not be taken seriously. Do your research elsewhere. On today's screen, we have Macy's, we have Invesco, we have Occidental Petroleum, maybe, and we have Ford. 500 companies with the highest dividend yields, but uh, who cares? Anyway, first off the press, off the uh, screener machine here, here in the shop, is uh, is Macy's. Great, uh, you know, beautiful enterprise here of, a, of American capitalism. 680 department stores, Macy's, Bloomingdale's, um, the outlet, the outlet um, owns 65% of Chinese e-commerce joint venture, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, you guys know Macy's. Um, so when we look at the chart, so first of all, dividend yield 8.6%. So that's, that's attractive, right? So we put 10 grand in, we're making 900 bucks a year almost in dividends. Okay. Um, but then of course in, in, uh, stock and capital markets, it's never as, 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 you know, as, as cut and dry as it seems, right? Um, how safe is that dividend? Um, that's, that's kind of the tricky part. You're looking at a five year return. This thing's gotten crushed. It's down. It's lost a quarter of its value over the last five years. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a tricky business, right? Amazon is eating everybody's lunch. And, uh, for that reason, it's, it's, it's really tricky. Um, let's take a look for, so for the total twenties, dividend looks to be covered. We got $2 40 cents of earnings for 2020 on a dividend of, um, just a dollar 50. So it's, you know, it's only a 41% payout ratio. I've heard smart people say things about, how the um, you know when you're talking about a company like Macy's, they have a couple. The real estate is very interesting. Of course, I've never looked at this. That's part of the criteria for the stocks we look at here. Is they're not supposed to be stuff we're really looking at. I've never really looked at Macy's, but the I guess the real estate is very interesting. I think they own some of their own stores. I think I've heard the one in Times Square is supposed to be very um, bougie, and um, that's um, that's owned by the firm. Um, so so you always have to look at the the real estate. You can kind of look at book value for that. You have to really dig in though. That's of course something we haven't done. Um, I even look here, price to book ratio. We have like a 0.9 price to book ratio. So you buy the stock, I guess you're getting it at less than book value. But how much? Um, but there could be like, you know, old acquisitions. You know, what exactly is in that book value is the tricky part. So, um, you know, long story short, we got a PE of 5.6. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's attractive. Um, de- <laughs> depend depending on how how real those earnings are. That's what you call value stock. Yeah, exactly. This exactly. These are value stocks. These are the highest yielding stocks in the S and P five hundred right now. And um, so anyway, so so Billy, 
you know, I got to put a buy, sell, hold on Macy's, gun to head, uh, 5.3 million number. I don't know, man. If I woke up tomorrow, this is my Robinhood account. I think I'm going to sell it, take the cash, go buy Amazon. Um, or, you know, I kid, but go buy something else. It's growing. Um, that's, that's Billy's two cents. What do you think, Pinch? It's a good two cents. Um, if I was to look at the stock the way it is, uh, and you were willing to dump it in a short period of time, I'd say it is a buy. Reason I say that is, if you look at the last six months, the stock trades within a relatively tight pattern, and it reacts to positive trading volume. We had looks like yesterday, yes, yeah, a daily chart. Yesterday we had above average volume come through. The stock rose. Today it sold off. Obviously, not a lot of confidence in it. But if you're playing the street, truly, this is a buy right now. Not because of the dividend, because you could hold it. If you're willing to hold it for a few days, maybe a couple months, depending on how good it gets, it looks like close to date, about 1675. Beginning of January, it was up at 18 bucks. I, I think you can expect this stock to do that again, especially if you look at the volume. People are, we had a good day yesterday, and this was one of those stocks. Volume came through, people purchased it. That's what I like to see. Yeah. So I say it's buy. Does that make sense? No, it, it does. I, I um, you know, to an extent, I'm not the, um, I'm not the technical expert here of the two of us. Um, you know, but uh, but yeah, no, that, that seems to make a lot of sense. We have uh, another thing that just pops off as I was just putting this uh, Y charts away. Thirty-two percent of shares float uh, of uh, of float is short. Isn't that a trip? So so there's a lot of people that hate the stock. You know, yeah, and so, but that, but that, look at what's going on with with uh, with Tesla stock right now. It's you know just bouncing around hundred hundred dollar days and stuff. And when there's a lot of short interest in a stock, that leads to interesting moves and sometimes right. big moves to the upside. Exactly. You know, battleground stocks are very interesting. So, um, so that was uh, <clears throat> so it was a buy. That was the the end end diagnosis. Yeah. All right, doctor. Well, much appreciated, Dr. Pinch. Uh, would I buy it, though? No, I hate retail. I don't trust it. This thing could drop all the way to $5. Yeah. But if you're in love with Macy's and you're thinking yeah. about getting in because it's low and you believe in it, sure, I would agree that it's got a pattern that would say it's it's holding strong. Yeah. Okay. Like maybe a consolidation here. Or maybe yeah, but who, when do they support. When's the next earnings call? I think they just had earnings, and that's why they got crushed, I believe, and that's why they're yielding 8.7. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not – yeah. So anyway, I mean, they've been trading within three yeah. bucks of it of itself in the last six months. Yep. I don't know. All right, moving on. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, you know, enough about Macy's. Enough about Macy's. Um, so let's move on. What do you think? Um, what's that? Let's go. Uh, let's go. Oxy. Occidental. Yeah, yeah. So Occidental Petroleum <sighs> is a. Uh, independent exploration and production company, uh, operations in the United States, Latin America, Middle East, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, they do 77% oil and 23% nat gas. Uh, dividend yield 7.45. Of course, what is, um, they've been in the news a lot lately because, of course, uh, uh, Mr. Warren Buffett, um, you know, helped broker the deal with them and um, Anadarko. Chevron was going to take out Anadarko. And then the uh, the oxy jet was in is in Omaha, uh, as I see on my fintwit, and um, and you know it's next thing you know Warren Buffett puts a bunch of cash cash into oxy and oxy goes and takes out Anadarko. So now they're loaded up on debt. 
They got a 7.45% dividend yield, which, of course, like we said, pitch, you know what that means. You know, yeah. that means uh, hopefully a 7.45% dividend yield. Anything above uh, five really pretty much is an implied, hopefully, dividend. Um, the Let's see here. The one year return, we're off 33%. You know, oil's just had a rough go of it. Um, and I think that 37% or $37 billion market cap currently. Um, you know, I, one thing I'd want to do before I went out and bought shares, I'd want to really kind of get a better picture of what's going on with the debt. Debt, of course, um, at the end of the day is, uh, you know, it's, it's a very, it, and it, you know, that can, that's who is the, uh, that's top of the capital stack, right? That's who's really running things at the end of the day is, is bond investors. And so I want to know how well covered cash flows are or their debt is by cash flows. Um, That's something I'd really want to dig into before I went out and bought it with a bunch of money. That said, I think that, um, you know, oil right now is something like I just saw a stat the other day. Oil is something like like four and a half percent of the S&P 500, the smallest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or close or damn near. Right. Yeah. And so 50, 50 bucks a barrel more or less today. Right, 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 right. But, but, uh, I guess at the peak oil was 15% of the S and P 500 and today it's four and a half. Right. And so for that reason, um, you know, there's something there where it's at the end of the day, everyone talks about how we're going to renewables and sun and blah, blah, blah. And what, you know, what do we get in our, what do we do every day? We get in our car, get on the freeway. And, you know, even if you're driving a Tesla, where do the tires come from? <laughs> where does, you know, a lot of the products that go into the vehicle and where does the energy come from that goes into your power that you plug into your Tesla? So point being, for that reason, yeah. I, I, you know, I just think that, that energy or, or oil companies um, are, are maybe interesting, I, but you have to watch the debt. For that reason, I'll, I'll put a hold on it. If I woke up tomorrow morning and I saw OXY in my brokerage account, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd put a hold on it and then do some more homework. What about you, Pinch? Uh, I mean, I oil is definitely coming back into a buy zone. It's super low. Uh, I'm not buying it yet, though. And if I was gonna buy it, I would, I would buy an oil stock company. To me, that's just like, not only does the oil market have to do well for them to do well, but the company itself has to do well, right? Like you said, you have to worry about debt and all those things. There's an easier way. To invest in oil, uh, ETF, exchange traded notes. You can even get levered notes, and I think that's the most fun, especially with oil, <laughs> because um, you know you can get like a levered ETN, triple levered ETN, ten bucks a share or whatever. Throw a couple grand at it, and if the price of oil moves a dollar, you're triple levered on it. It's right. nice, and if it goes down, well, you know, you sell it, you I mean, or or you or you hold, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. it just. I just think right now it's if you look at like a a chart of one of these things um we could even just look at occidental's chart they look pretty similar to these levered products because they're just tracking the price of oil even though they're exchange traded so keep in mind there's some volatility there but things blowing my face bro um it's been trending downward for for a very long time it hasn't hit this price level in years so the question is, will it keep going lower? So right now, no, I wouldn't buy it. I'd watch it. And if it really consolidates and you start seeing it fluctuating, goes up to $10 a share or, or this thing's at 42. So it's going from 44 to 38, from 44 to 38, from 44 to 38. When it hits 38 again, you should buy it because it might hit 44. And if, if the pattern's been going on long enough, it could have a little breakout depending on 
what's going on in the Middle East, which is interesting, right? Because this company in particular, Occidental, is has nothing to do with OPEC, right? right. And OPEC is the superpower in, in, in that field. And they just created an... You probably know more about this than I do. What's that fund? Oh, the, Saudi's uh, just created. Saudi Aramco? Yeah, Saudi Aramco, exactly. Yeah. So now they're going to make money whether the price of oil, whatever the price of oil does, right? They just created synthetic money on a raw good, sure. right? Which is genius. They need to do it. Why right. haven't they thought of this before? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Because now, because they have all these demand problems, oversupply. Yeah. Now they can create a stock out of something that they create and create cash flow for the country all, all year round. Yeah. Right. So that is going to change the game. I'm super interested to see how that goes. But yeah, certainly since they launched it, it has done nothing but hurt the price of oil. Right. Which is great for us um, because it's gas consumers. is cheap. Yeah, yeah. for sure, yeah. for sure. And that's part. And who knows? Maybe the price of oil going up could create a bear market. Because right now, growth, spending, never know. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. It's dirt cheap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well said. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's the end res- What's the diagnosis, Doc? Oh, I would not buy this. So it's a sell. Yeah. Cool. Oh, and it's not a sell if it's you own a- it. I mean, it's oil. Come on. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard, uh, real asset. Yeah, I mean, if you, it's yeah, if you want to part with it, take a loss, write it off against a gain or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's do all your, situational. Do your talk to your yeah, do your uh, talk to your financial advisor. Right. Yeah, yeah, get it. Cool. All right. So next up off the machine, the uh, this is you know it's hard work here. Being uh, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. I don't know what you guys think we do all day, but this thing is rolling, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's right. double check that. I think and go. Next on the scene is Ford Motor Company. You guys may have heard of it. So let's talk about the big three. They mean Ford, they mean GM, and they mean Chrysler. But really, when I talk about the big three these days, I mean, in the United States, Chrysler's not even fully United States owned, I think. I think it's, uh, it's got like a French investor. I don't even know. But Daimler, maybe like French Daimler. or something. Daimler. But anyway, who cares? Here, the real big three, Ford, GM, Tesla. Let's go through it. One-year return, three-year return, five-year return. Uh, Ford has a five-year return of negative 30%, negative 29%. <laughs> Tesla, or excuse me, GM, let's say, a five-year return, they're up 20%. So Mary Barra, you know, turning some things around. G- GM has Cruise. Ford, I don't think, it really has a, a very big presence in autonomous, or, or at least it's not as, uh, you know, it's not as talked about in the financial press. Um, Tesla, of course, with their... Um, with their autopilot, I don't know how the NTSB like lets them claim that shit, but um, the, with their autopilot, quote-unquote, they have a five-year return of 232%. Um, this is a, so this is, you know, so Ford is a $34 billion market cap company. It has a yield, which is what we're talking here to talk about today, of 7.2%. Um, and that's um, and that's interesting. Um, the dividend itself is uh the 60 cents the 2020 earnings are about a dollar 15 so we're paying out roughly you know what is that that is uh duh, 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 payout ratio is like 80 percent on in 2018 at least so that's not good that ain't good right if 80 no. percent of in, in profits are having to go to shareholders <laughs> um that's a little bit concerning they're um, trading at a dollar no eight dollars Eight dollars. Eight dollars. Yeah, yeah. Eight oh, do- I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking they, their ticker is they, they got ripped off. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the wrong Ford. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They got ripped off. Just the straight F. So you know, in 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 general, we have a we have again a debt 
um, a, a debt laden company um, that trades at a, uh, a you know less than his book value. It trades at two tenths of uh, you know it trades at a of 0.2 times sales, right? So 20% of sales, you can buy the whole company for just 20% of sales. That's that's how bad of a business this is. Um, so so you know a million dollars of sales, you can buy for 200 grand. That's crazy. Um, so you know, I, I think that there's a lot of issues here. I think that I, I don't know that the market is. You know, I, I don't see how you can look at Tesla here, and I don't know what the market cap of Tesla is, but it's it's uh, approaching damn near what what Ford's is, and I don't see how you can look at at, at Tesla here and look at the price action and and look me in the eye and be like, yeah, it's an efficient market um, that we're looking at. So Tesla is, excuse me, 135 billion dollar market cap, um, roughly roughly you know three plus times what Ford is. So I mean, for that reason. It's all relative, right? We have to look at like relative pricing and like relative opportunity set. And for that reason, I'd hold Ford here. I think if I woke up tomorrow and Ford was in my brokerage account, which it's not, thank God, um, you know, because it's because it's down thirty percent over the last five years. Um, you know, if I if I it was there, I, w- I would I would hold on to it. I would do more homework, maybe s- sell some. Like it's it's got it's just a little bit. Um, it just doesn't seem like it's going to turn around anytime soon um, from a fundamental standpoint. Um, but, you know, not, you know, but, <clears throat> but at the same time, it is an interesting company. It's a 110 year old, you know, it's the father of the automobile, blah, blah, blah. Henry Ford, you know, it's so, so you, at two tenths or, you know, it's buying, buying it at, at 20% of what it, what it sells in a year. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. So I'd hold on to it. I guess that, Billy's gonna go with a hold. What do you think, Pinch? Sell it. Don't buy it. Oh my god. <laughs> Concise. Concise analysis. This thing is horrible. <laughs> Their profit margin is one percent. Not a lot of margin for error there, even though that is all error. Yeah, I don't I don't the automobile American automobile industry is suffering big time. Um except for Tesla. Well, yes, yes, but te- Tesla is almost like a technology company, right? Right. I mean, they're not trading off of but, actual but, revenue; they're trading yeah. that serious multiple. This company earns a ton of revenue, right? Right. I mean, their market cap is thirty-three billion, but the revenue is one hundred fifty-seven billion, right? Right. So, and I'm not looking at Tesla's revenue right now, but I can't imagine it's one hundred sixty billion. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Right? So, yeah. So, but the, 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 dude, the auto market's suffering. We got a trade war going on. China's already imposing tariffs on imported goods. You know, Ford is on that list. Yeah. Um, and you're, you know, the Saudis are creating new ways to make cash. I mean, we rely internationally, Ford relies in, on international sales of cars big time. And if that starts to suffer, because their cars are garbage. Right, they right. make great trucks. That's the thing. They make great trucks, Big auto but like not everybody so. needs yeah. a truck, and so right. they try and. They don't even this. make cars anymore. Actually, I think they don't. They don't even make Taurus. All that. I think they ripped it all out. It's all yeah, but them. you know they got a Mustang. They got a few cars. Yeah, right? a couple. They, yeah, they, that's about they, it. They, you know, but they're not, trash. To your point. Yeah, they're trash. I, I mean, yeah, the, and, and GM the too. Focus, right? They still make a Focus, right? I'm pretty sure they still make. No, Focus. I think they're done. I think they just make. They, I think they might make Mustang, and they make. And they yeah, but they have to as a manufacturer. They have to meet. 
like a certain fuel economy across the board. They have to make cars to get good gas. Money. I don't know. I think Ford scrapped all Google. We'll check it out. Yeah, we, well, we haven't done our homework here. No, but I, I mean, know. the automotive don't, don't take your investment advice from us. Yeah. Well, but not but, from this podcast, but yeah. the, the automotive industry as a whole has been suffering in this country for a long time. Sure. And yeah, I just, I don't see that happening correcting itself in the near future the stock is trading extremely cheap eight dollars if it goes down to in the four dollar range then you're looking at a reverse split which it'll then go down almost like clockwork yeah right? they do a reverse split it becomes more expensive like unattractive company more people dump it sure um you saw it happen with rite aid this year yeah i mean you know yep. it, it drove the value the, the market half of that company to the the drain to its bottom so i would actually wait for that this thing probably is going to keep going down they're probably going to do a reverse split it's going to go down again and then you're going to get one big pop because of some good news and then you jump it's going to get worse before it gets better is what you think from the chart absolutely good stuff that's a concise analysis pinch all right where, where are we at let's go Invesco. let's go here it is Mutual the, the cleanup heater investment management company yeah yeah so you let's know see what the description says go yeah. ahead well, okay I'll, go you know ahead. from the top Invesco provides investment management services to retail 71% of assets managed assets and institutional 29% Invesco has an institutional side that's what's crazy uh, clients at the end of September 2019 the firm had 1.1 trillion in AUM spread across its equity uh, 47% of AUM balanced in fixed income alternative and money market uh, stuff. Passive products uh, accounted for 23% of AUM, 35% of the company's equity operations, and 20% of its fixed income plaque at the end of the blah, blah, blah. Can we go through the paragraph? Uh, what do you mean? Let's just go through the paragraph before we get into the chart. Okay. What you just read. Yeah, yeah, talk about it. What so do you think? You, you, you pointed out institutional clients. Right. So let's think about that. What is that? Tell the listeners what that means. What's an institutional client to Vesco? So it's like a, the buy side. That would be like, wouldn't that be like an institutional client would be like, it would be either, uh, it would be like them running money for like SMAs for like, uh, for like pension funds and like, uh, it'd be okay. like hedge yeah. funds or, yes, or hedge funds, actually I, I, that's probably all true. There's that. I, yeah. I think there's also the insurance company side. Sure. Sure. Fair, fair, fair. And who, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we'll look this up, but I saw it. Mass Mutual owns them. No, no, no. They're probably, that's uh, you're thinking somebody else. No, they're they're outright. Uh, well, that's why they have their own ticker. But yeah, no, I know. I they know, just I bought. Um, I think they just bought um, Oppenheimer. Um, actually, recently. But. Here's the problem, though. I mean, it's just it's not a good business that they're in. <laughs> they're well, in the business of of managing other people's money, um, and and not in the relationship side like Pinch and I are. Which you know, people, they you know, as human beings, we have a soft spot for the relationship. And so, if you have the relationship, um, if you have the relationship, you you're you're really in a robust position where you have to, um, you know, you have to really. You know, it's it's that's tough to break those relationships, and people have a you know can have a trusted advisor, but as far as managing money to beat an index, that's what Invesco does, and they're not, not I mean relative to, they're not especially good at it. I wouldn't say like it's not like they have as more five star funds than you know. It was Invesco. the other way around. Invesco bought Mass Mutual. Okay. Yeah. Very fair. Yeah. Yeah. March twenty fourth. Sure. They're rolling everybody up. So so these companies are bleeding assets. 
Um, they're selling off assets like Michael Jackson, in the word of uh, in the word of Ari Gold, and that's that's um, they get paid a fee based on how much money they manage. They manage less and less money every year, and also the fee has to keep going down just to be competitive with the vanguards uh, and the American funds, even or the or the Dodge and Cox of the world. And uh, for that reason, you know, it's just really tricky to have a differentiated product offering, and um, and especially like you know having subpar mutual fund returns is just not the best business model. They try to do it with distribution, taking taking uh, advisors to lunch and such. But, you know, it's like people are wising up to that, man. And I don't know how many people are going to these plate-licking seminars anymore. Um, for that reason, you know, the whole day we're here to talk about is dividend yield, right? So it's a 6.7% dividend yield from Invesco. And like we said, look, anything above 5 you have to really look twice at. Is this thing even covered? And um, the fact of the matter is they're, they're, you know, they're earning 2019. They're paying out $1.23. Um, they're earning, you know, just a, just a, just about twice that. So they're paying out about 55%. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, that's okay. That's respectable. And you know, the, the, it's just a race against time. That's what I mean to say. To be succinct, it's a race against time every year. It's like, it's like Altria, you know, every year there's less and less cigarette smokers. Mm-hmm. Um, they can raise prices to some extent, although Invesco can't even do that. Um, and it's not like they're going to be bringing on, it's not a growth and it's for sure ain't a growth company. But maybe you can get enough cash flow out of the company before it, it it's existentially dies a death. So yeah. that's the idea. So anyway, for that reason, I'd say uh, I think if I had the shares, I'd sell them. Billy, sell. Go ahead, Pinch. Yeah, I mean, hopefully you sold them in August when it looked when it felt like Armageddon, right? You you literally have the entire month, month and a half of just absolute sell off. Sell off after sell off after sell off. Okay, so. Invesco acquired Mass Mutual's uh, investment management platform, which was Oppenheimer, what have you. Okay. So basically, what I was getting at with the insurance company thing is, what insurance companies do is, you know, they make variable annuities, right? Right. They also have investment platforms that are typically similar to a variable annuity. Sure. Right. It's a it's a fee based product. It has no M and E's on it, but it is set asset allocation very strict lineup you don't even choose the lineup it just goes in there and lo and behold if you work for mass mutual you 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 bet investco mutual funds are in there right? yeah straight I mean, up yeah and, yeah and there's probably a few other ones because they have to for di- for fiduciary purposes so <laughs> and then they go fiduciary. around to smaller insurance companies and they make the same deals right. right they go look we'll offer you these funds at this at this level we'll give you i don't know what the numbers are millions of dollars in kickbacks and if you just put our funds in your portfolio and that's not just Invesco that's what pretty much all mutual fund companies do except like the big MFS and and yeah. capital group not not that they don't do it but I, I I'm they do less of that for yeah. sure I mean, you got you usually have to like go outside of your scope to get one of their funds in there if you're working for one of those insurance companies well, well that's the thing i mean capital group has a differentiated product offering they beat the market <laughs> and that'll always be in vogue you know if you can yeah. beat the mar- i mean that's it's like most people think that's our job right to beat the market yeah and it's like that eh, ain't really our job i mean quite honestly the market's on 10 percent a year for 100 years if you can get that you're doing fine <laughs> yeah, compound. You're doubling your capital every seven years if you can get ten percent a year. Totally. So, do you really need to get eleven or twelve? Like, I don't know. 
yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, I, if I if I could get ten, I'd be very happy. So yeah, I mean, so I would agree and 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 disagree at the same time. Go ahead. Right. So like, so like you have your your base, right? Which is these guys, these asset managers, the capital groups, American Century, BlackRock, all those mutual fund companies, and they 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 you can they have software that basically tells you which funds are the best in that ask class you need to solve a fixed income problem you can literally run it through blank software and it tells you what they rate it and then right. if you want to dig in you can dig in right and so it's not that hard to do to build what you would call a model okay and that's like your baseline right and yeah. that's us not beating the market that's us literally sticking to fundamental investing right asset allocation fixed income etc cetera, etc cetera, right yeah but if you pay attention, if you're kind of obsessed with this stuff, like we are, Unfortunately. you can make annual calls, right? You okay. can make some little shifts, what you would call like your sprinkles and cherry, right? You got okay. your Sunday, but your sprinkles and cherry are basically like, hey, we got a bull market. Um, check out MasterCard. Look what MasterCard does in a bull market, right? They're up pretty much 100% in the last two years. Yeah. Right? 54% this year alone. So yeah. you put that in the portfolio, 3% holding, nothing crazy, right? Yeah. But it's MasterCard. It's right. not going to go bankrupt. No. And it could and potentially will do things like that. So Yeah. No, they have a crazy track. So if I, I you know, return. I feel like our job is That's to beat. a compounder. To beat the market. It's maybe it's maybe it's not to always beat the S&P 500. Right. right? Because sometimes that market, and sometimes it's easy to beat the S&P. Right. right. So it's that I, I, I agree with. Right. And some people have. You got to buy bonds, and it's not fair to allocate a to compare a thirty percent bond portfolio to a right. S and P five hundred. But if you can beat the model, yeah, then you are doing your job, yeah. and that's kind of where I, I I like to stand. You no, know what I'm saying? Sure. Is like no, yeah, asset allocation is important, but passive investing I right. think is just laziness. Right. That's that's a that's a Wall Street's way of saying hey. Like, you, you know, it's selling it to you. You don't really need that extra 2%. Let us just passively invest your money. Yeah. Let me collect a fee, and I will take you out to dinner once a quarter. I promise. <laughs> yeah. And that's what a financial advisor is turning into, that's, and it's kind of gross. Yeah, it's kind of gross. Yeah, you I'm know? not really into that. Yeah, exactly. No, I think I think I wouldn't disagree with any of that necessarily. I think that um, you have to do things to get clients. Like, you have to... Yeah, the the steak has to sizzle, baby. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not just about going and you don't sure. go to, you don't go to like yeah, uh, Ruth Chris. You know these well, these guys are millionaires. Generally, these are successful people generally. And it's like you don't go to Ruth Chris and be like, "Well, I'm looking for 50 grams of protein or more. I want to have less than 10 grams of fat." Yeah. It's like you're also just going for the experience. And so part of the experience is you want your guy to be smart and you want him to know his shit and be on top of it. Uh, yeah. I would and, agree. And so I mean, you got to take so everyone want everyone wants to take advantage of opportunities. And some people will pay you 1% of a million bucks for 30 years just to have the opportunity to take advantage. You know, right? Because they don't want to deal with it. Well, I mean, yeah. but really, but I think I think you just hit something that's extremely fun like go ahead, uh, yeah. profound. Yes. And I don't even know if you did. Maybe yeah, you yeah. Just, you're just that good at your job and you know <laughs> But you said they want they're all about the experience right and you're right and i can't believe this never fucking dawned on me and this sounds stupid to the listeners but what what i really mean is people call in all the time and they just want to know what we think right they and they want some ammo to take back to the country club yeah straight up you know and it's like i never never even dawned on me yeah that that's what they're doing it's like it's like 
I a I want security, obviously. Like, tell me you guys know what's going on yeah. first of all, because you have all my money, right? Yeah. And yeah, we know what's going on. And B, explain it to me, so I can go tell my friends. And in reality, what whether they're doing it on purpose or not, that's the best way to get a referral. Yeah, straight well, up. Well, yeah, yo, yeah, John, where'd you learn that? Oh yeah, my God, for sure, for sure. You know what I mean? He says this and that. Actually, that's you know that you know. Yeah. Hopefully, that's how the conversation straight goes, up. Right? Yeah, you yeah. Dream, but yeah, no, I mean, um, that's we, we are social creatures. And yeah. I think I'm gonna go work that into the practice because that I think that is gold. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think it's we are we're social creatures, and uh, it's like you know I I have a, a guy that does my taxes that I feel he's my homie basically at this point and like. He does my taxes. He's, you know, I send some business his way. He sends some business my way, whatever. But, it, dude, I would pay him money, like a 1000 bucks a year maybe, like to have him on retain – to get a text back when I have a text question. A tax, not not a text question, tax question you can Google. Like, so look, if you're a W-2 employee and you put your money in Vanguard, it's going to be 500 Like, I have no problem. That's beautiful, man. Good for you. It's no problem. But it's just that life is not that clean and smooth. Not for me. It's never really been. So when there's tricky stuff – to be able to have somebody that can kind of get you out of the weeds, that's, uh, I, mean, I don't want to say priceless, but it's, uh, you know, there's a value to it for sure. Um, so, so anyway, so, you know, I think that's why I think the advisor, the fiduciary financial advice, true fiduciary, and who cares if it says fiduciary on your card or blah, blah, blah. But it's just about, like, are you really doing what's best for people? And, and there will always be a role for that. Um, now, unfortunately for Invesco, <laughs> we don't need them necessarily, right? Like you could go with um, a, a fun company that has a track record of of outperformance, which you know Invesco's got a hundred. Or actually, they just bought Oppenheimer, they just bought Mass Mutual. They have hundreds and hundreds of funds. Some of them have have no doubt kicked ETFs. Pass. Sure, no, short ETFs, levered ETFs. Sure, which is the scary part, right? But right. I mean, but they're selling them. It goes Some to the exchange. Sure, ETFs are a gold mine. If you're if you're a fund manager, you like build this portfolio, yeah. you sling it out onto the open market and it's done yeah but the th here's the th for sure i mean for the fund manager and collect guys, the expense ratio. for sure but here's what i think the guys that i a lot of guys i know in the business don't get though is like there's not going to be a wholesaler that's going to take you to lunch once a quarter once it's all etfs right <laughs> the, that is the profit margin i mean i mean capital groups like seven, 60 70 basis points yeah i know that's, what you're saying i know that's the saying. high bar you're, man you're, it's coming down 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 from there yeah, I, I, I slowly but surely. I mean, it's it's you know it's Philip Morris, brother. You know it's uh, you know we are uh, so anyway. So so for that reason, I think that uh, you know I gotta put a I gotta put a, I think I forgot if I did or not, but um, I, I think I gotta put a sell on Invesco and um, you know a, a buy on uh, on myself and my practice and the uh, and the fiduciary advisor. So what do you think, Pinch? Uh, yeah. So slash, what else so, you want to rap about today? Yeah, I was just sending uh my wife a text so i remember to uh you know update the website regularly with market commentary and things like that um so yeah i know so the 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 whole like wholesaler world what's happening with that that used to be the best job in the world i mean yeah. it was hard i'm not trying to discount what it was but god if you were if you wanted to make money that was the way to do it right you know uh margins were huge but you're right they are tightening it's just that you're you're right in that the margins are getting small but if it does go all etf which i don't think it will um if it does go all etf that's such good cash flow for those companies <clears throat> you know they create a fund they sell it on the market. 
They wash their hands of it, collect an expense ratio. It's yeah. not much different. Than you know, you know, there's no more funds right now than there are stocks. I'm yeah, the, yeah, that's weren't like, we talking about that? The yeah, other day? So. yeah. And, and the S and P 500 is like just has many. to be like the index funds, Vanguard. They have to be levered out on those things so big because how in the world is there that many shares to go yeah. around? Yeah, and I've actually looked into it, and it's exhausting. Yeah, to try and figure out, and you can do it with the big companies, but I, you know, we 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 got the big banks coming out with these structured products. Not that this is anything new, but they're they're all of a sudden becoming something pe people are talking about. Structured products, levered, huh? Levered, um, not levered. I keep, I keep saying that, but it's basically they're guaranteeing you a dividend if, but, and when. Right. So right. it's like you, you give them your money, you buy this thing, let's just call it $10. You buy this thing, they take their commission. They say they're going to pay you this much in dividend. Let's just say it's 5%. But if the thing goes down, right, the dividend could be zero. If the thing goes up, they could call it. It's auto callable. Okay. Right. So why are they doing that? They're creating them and they're not quite on the secondary market yet i'm looking to see if they are because i think that's where it's going to become obvious that where are they where are they getting these things or is vanguard not buying them anymore and this is what vanguard was doing yeah right is creating these derivatives of the stocks so that they can keep giving them the returns to the s p 500 without actually purchasing more shares of stock yeah and then there's the liquidity side right so like index funds because of their nature, they're not going to hold cash. They're not an asset allocation fund. Right. That's not their job. Their job is to literally just be the index. So that's fine when a few people take their IRA distributions, no big deal. Like they're moving money out of those things. But if there was any kind of a rapid liquidity event in index funds, yeah, there could be it. That could, that would show us what they're actually doing. Yeah, I guess is what I'm getting at here is it, it, yeah. it would sh it would really unveil. Could they handle a liquidity event? Yeah, no, I, as they unload, what happens to the actual shares of those stocks? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that and that will happen right? on a long enough timeline that will happen. And um, yeah, totally. I think I think we're seeing it right. I think we're seeing that, um, you know, there's volatility when it hits. It strikes like never before. And thousand point Dow days are no big deal. I mean, it happens like if there's a thousand point Dow day the other day mm -hmm. or, you know, damn near. And, um, you know, it's it's just that's um, it's that's part of it for sure. And so I think that uh, I think, you know, you're right that. Yeah, it's, you know, the financialization of things is is <clears throat> is always tricky. And I think that, um, you know, with my investments personally, like I always yeah, I want to stay away from companies and I want to stay away from things that are overly cute and overly like financialized and overly smart. And like, yeah. it's like at the end of the day, you know, uh, bread and, you know, blocking and tackling is going to win, you know, wins, wins the Super Bowl, man. It's like, that's what, I mean, that's, or at least the Super Bowl, as in the Super Bowl is really just not blowing up along the way. You know, yeah. And that's probably the hardest thing for, for, for me is, I guess you have people around you that keep you, you know, within your, within your boundaries, but it's easy to get excited in this business. You know yeah, what I mean? With for stocks. Sure. I mean, for sure. It's easy to get excited and want to lever and want to take advantage of market swings, but you're a hundred percent right. Blocking the tackling is what it comes down to. And if you look at speaking a capital group, they have 
I guess you probably have to have a subscription to get the hypotheticals in there. But they have like this basic fund, Investment Company of America, right? Very yeah. basic, right? Balanced. The ICA balance balance fund. ICA exactly, and run it for thirty years at saving three hundred bucks a month. It'll blow your mind how much freaking money. Yeah. you would have at the end paying of it. Paying a 5.75% from, from load. <laughs> yeah, paying an A share. Exactly. Yeah. Buying an A share, paying the paying the commission on it cuz that right because right? I mean you can run it institutional yeah. but even when you did and, the A share which is you're right that is the presentation that we used to run. Yeah. But it is phenomenal because it's just a 10% return on average. Right. It's nothing crazy. And right. You know, roll 72. Yeah, Money's yeah. doubling every and, 7 years and you're adding to it. It's right. Just, you're it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You're a millionaire by the time you're 60. It's insane. Yeah, totally. 300 totally. bucks a month. Totally, totally. No, and, and the thing is about capital group. People talk about like you can't beat the market. I mean, like, the analogy that's kind of overplayed, kind of corny, but it's yeah. a little bit true. It's like, it's like, yeah, well, the average person can't dunk a basketball, but LeBron James just, you know, he it, does it in his sleep, right? Right. Look, capital group, they were, they had a, the last time I worked in the business, I remember seeing like a, something like 97% of their, of their funds. Uh, beat on a ten-year rolling timeline, a ne- their equity benchmark. Yeah, ninety-seven percent. Right, ninety-seven. Yeah, they know what they're doing. But they part, exactly part of it is fundamental, right? Like we, I think that they have. It's a different type of fundamentals, but they they have. They don't just have one mentality. They have the brightest people For in sure. the business. For sure. They all let them have their own opinions. And For sure. They, and they're getting meetings back doors and stuff. You know, it's, yeah, of it's, course. I mean, they, they know. They access. absolutely know. Exactly. I mean, you know, there's a whole like private side to capital group. For sure. Right. For sure. Can you imagine. What? Well, yeah, they're a privately held company too, right? Yes. Yes. But I mean, like, you if you have enough money, you can hold your money with Capital Group. Wow. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they have a private. Yeah. yeah. Client side. Right. Yeah. yeah. But That's you gotta crazy. be. Yeah. You gotta be somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to get into that club. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So what well, else? What else? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Coronavirus. It looks like it's it's fizzling out. I don't know. I mean, Today who knows? It's kind of crazy at work. I didn't even get to watch the news. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't been paying super close attention to it. I think That's it's interesting. That's another thing that could affect, right, Ford. I mean, yeah. if, 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 if last time I looked, there was like 60 million people quarantined. Yeah. Think about that. Right. That's 60 people not really doing much. 60 mil. I mean, luckily in China, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's it's nothing. a small percentage, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, when you're in the yeah. U.S. and you're trying to sell them Twinkies and shit, yeah. you're not out buying them. Right. No, straight up. I mean, I think that it's, um, it's you know, there's some videos on Twitter. It's like, you know, the, the thing is, is who are we trusting for our information? Oh, the CCP. Oh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's like not super reliable. So yeah. like and like what's in their best interest to tell us is there, you know, they're going to tell us that like, oh, no, there's actually, you know, there's a million cases, you know, so so God knows what's going on, man. And and um, Gilead you know, popped today, though. Did you see that? No. Yeah. They, they claim to have a cure for the coronavirus. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Just like that. Just like how that. much did it move? Do you see? Uh, Like like significant. I'll look right now. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of uh, differentiated thoughts on coronavirus, but I think that it is interesting. I think that, um, you know, I think I, I guess I would just say, like, it's like it's one of those things where you really can't believe ex- everything the mainstream media is telling you. Um, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, if there's yeah. any doubt to that at this point, um, you know, I don't know how you found us because, you know, this is, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't know if you can't really buy the mainstream narrative. That's for sure. I'd highly recommend reading um, this guy, Ben Hunt. His his uh, website's called Epsilon Theory. 
And um, I think that he does a great job of, of really kind of breaking down the narrative machine. And, like, this whole thing is game theory, guys. Like, if you don't think there is a deep state, like, trying to control your mind and make you do shit uh, and vote for Hillary Clinton, like, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> there is. It's a fact. And so it's like, like, look what they're trying to, you know, look what's going on with Bernie in Iowa. Like, you know, but I don't, you know, it's like they are recounting the votes from three nights ago. Well, I mean, they, like dumpster fire is like the least, you know, that doesn't do justice to what's going on with the Democratic Party right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Um, but we, we saw. I mean, you know. Right. But but it's crazy that it's not just Trump that throws the world into a tizzy. Bernie, too. Right. Like, because he kind of exposes the matrix for what it is. They need somebody like, like, like Kamala Harris. Oh, wait, so you think there. that's that's why they're they're recounting is because the Dems just hate Bernie. Well, that's that that plays in. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, I think that the the real reason is because the deep state got this bullshit app like to be that the official app of, you know, that would have never happened and or it should have never happened. And that's uh, you know, that sounds like more and more like that's kind of part of the problem. Right. But um. You yeah, Gilead, so Gilead popped. It, it was up over twelve percent. It came. It finished only up three and a half. Okay. But uh, after I was trading, it's already up one and a half. Gilead, good old Gilead. Yeah. Remember guys selling that back in the day. Yeah. So <clears throat> anyway, it's you know it's a crazy thing. I think that it's. I saw a couple like uh, companies that like released their. What was the company? It was like one of the. I think it was a local biotech. Like changed their name, to, or, they, or they said they were going to. Um, now they're going to look for a cure for the coronavirus, and their stock popped like forty percent. Like, what proof do you need that the market ain't exactly efficient? More than that, right? Yeah. It's like it's just like the uh, the riot blockchain and stuff. Like all these companies changing their name to blockchain. Just these dead Kodak, I think, changed like all these dead, you know, zombie companies just changing their name, throwing the buzzword in there just to get the pop, you know. The stock market ain't efficient. Look at Tesla's stock price chart and tell me the stock market is totally efficient. Yeah, no, I know. I'd love to look at it actually. Yeah. What do you think? What do you have thoughts on Tesla? Uh, you know, I wish I did. It's it's kind of funny that the the main it's it's a political thing at the firm. You know what I mean? Like, and the thing's all over the place, right? Like, did you see it? Fucking yesterday. I mean, oh oh my god, dude. Yeah. I mean, the thing is moving hundreds hundreds of dollars in a day right <laughs> right this is not this is not price action healthy price action johnson no. and johnson no no but it's you know it's it's hype like we said right, right? what's well i think you hit the nail on it. it's it's political bordering on religious at this point and and, yeah. and i think you know really the the fact of the matter is like the tesla q guys on twitter they can do a way better job of talking about this than us like Go listen to Quote the Raven or Tesla Charts podcast. Those are great podcasts. But, you know, but but the fact of the matter is it is funny because we we um, we interact with people that are part of the religion, you know, and, and it's like and I kind of get it. And when people are religious, you kind of just respect it. And you're like, that's cool, man. I'm all about that. Yeah. I just want people to be happy, man. So I can be happy. Yeah. I can come home and just you know, you. be happy. So, you know, it's like <clears throat> I um, the Tesla thing has transcended. Uh, price earnings ratios certainly, <laughs> and it has transcended uh, you know intrinsic valuation. I, mean, I think it's it's uh, it's completely a religion. I mean, Elon Musk said on the conference call, I think retail does a much better job of valuing the company than the institutional investors. That's all you need to hear to be like, wow, this guy is something else, man. He yeah. is he is he's funny, and he's like he's funny, he's quick, and he's he's a fraud probably, but. Uh, <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think long term, you know, if I could buy some leaps, like some long expiration options, I would uh, I would, you know, some long puts. 
that's uh you know maybe that's that's probably the next thing in the the old PA you know <laughs> yeah yeah but but whatever you know the you know the puts probably cost on Tesla it's you know it's probably it's probably cost prohibitive so for that reason nothing's really gonna happen but I do think you know long term there's no way it's gonna be a seven hundred fifty dollars stock yeah I mean I you know the price of the stock whatever but the market cap is like what the fuck yeah well right? no but I mean, where's the i would see yeah. this is when your fundamental outlooks would be super helpful because it's like all right here we go here's there ain't no here's fundamental here's outlook <laughs> that's the fundamental outlook no but no I'm, I'm talking about your charts that you print oh yeah yeah, you yeah. For gotcha. us. hang on give just give me just give yeah me a yeah second. no it's it's fascinating just reading the fine print the no, whole I'm thing is fascinating on. i mean so it's... market cap 135 billion right that's healthy yeah. right all right gm so... good buy out GM and, and Ford revenue, for lunch. Are they showing me? Come on, where are the financials? I mean, <clears throat> that's the thing about it that I've heard some smart a lot of people smart saying it's like at two hundred dollars, Elon is very vulnerable. That whole company is very vulnerable. Their cost of capital goes way up. At seven hundred dollars, Elon is very happy and he has a lot of room for error. There's a lot of fat on the bone still. Yeah. And so it's just kind of that's that's it's a self fulfilling prophecy in a way. Management owns twenty five percent of the company. Interesting. Yeah, I guess that's, te- that's Elon, pretty much. That is interesting. Also, Goldman Sachs is the investment bank. Wow. Probably the leader in those structured products I was talking about. Yeah, they're a leader. I wonder le- how many structured products they got out on Tesla right now. They're, they're a leader just auto in a calling, collecting commissions. Auto-calling the second it moves. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. What dude. do you think? That, can you imagine the, the emails that are going around in uh, Goldman Sachs servers about what they're calling Tesla equity at this valuation? Oh <laughs> Year-to-date price change, 79%. That's... Yeah, all on a day's work. Year to date, we're in. It's February sixth, <laughs> mind you, not one year. Year to date. So I can look. I can read the report, but I don't have my glasses on. Give me one sec. Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. So no, I mean it's a fascinating. I mean it's definitely the most fat and one of the most interesting talks talks to talk about. Everyone's got something to say about Tesla, but um, you know, so not like I have much of a differentiated opinion, other than, you know, if it's if it's Ross Gerber versus the guys I know that are short, I'm going short all day. Uh, that's all I got to say. Yeah, so he, this is a good closing stat. So earlier we were talking about Ford and how they do $137 billion of revenue and their market cap is $33.9 billion, $157 billion of revenue. I correct myself. Tesla has a market cap of, I believe it was $137 billion. That's crazy. And their revenue... Twenty-four point six, right? Billion though. Billion. Wow. So I mean, I didn't. I'm surprised they're even. So they're only. They sell a lot of cars. And yeah, they can, that's seven they, they're times a big part of the solar business. They sell seven, a lot of batteries, battery technology. I mean, like I said, they're a technology company. Right. And they're also part of the uh, you know artificial intelligence, whatever, all that shit. Yeah. The um. Well, let's come back to that. But yeah, the I mean, they're trading at seven, six, whatever, seven times earnings. Or excuse me, but times of sales <clears throat> isn't that crazy? I mean, there's less it's of- the automotive business, though, dude. These right. people don't that's have fifty percent margin. That's true. That's true. Uh, you know, auto companies sell six times earnings, not six times revenue. Profit's only eight hundred sixty-two Software million. Software as a service sells at seven times revenue. Yeah, profit exactly. isn't even no. They don't make percent. Yeah, <clears throat> and and you know, and that even that is like highly suspect. Profit is my understanding, but um, <clears throat> yeah, it is fascinating, right? But I think, but so get this. Here's here's another closing thought for all you young compounder, lost a billion in 2018. compounder kids. I think that um, 
the thing to think about, think about this. This is the type of company you're dealing with. And there's a lot of things like this. Go, like I said, go listen to TC's Chartcast. That's a great podcast. But um, the thing about it is that um, they, they're, so everybody else uses LiDAR. They use razors, lasers, basically, for their self-driving. That's what Waymo uses. That's what uh, GM uses. Ford uses te- uh, VW. Every single other major auto manufacturer uses LiDAR for their autonomous vehicles. Tesla uses cameras. They're the only one. They use just straight cameras, and they use, like, the super high. So, <clears throat> and they're the ones that are on They're the ones that are on the road. So what's more likely? Uh, Occam's razor, right? What's more likely? Tesla's figured out something that the other 16 largest auto manufacturers haven't figured out. And, Maybe. Or, and, and, they're, and they also, like, they see the patents. Tesla just, you know, opens up its patents, so they could, Ford could easily just do that. Or the other uh, possibility is GM and Mary Barra at GM and, uh, you know, Ford, they're never going to risk the company on, like, rushing out some autonomous driving technology that's kind of halfway there, kind of ain't halfway there. Sure, sure. And and Elon just lives like that. Like, he just does does acid, uh, I mean, I, says I, they're going to beat earnings. I and agree all on and weekend. disagree. I agree and disagree. So I'm, I agree that GM is not willing to take any kind of risk in regards to, like, R&D. Right, they're not going to spend a whole bunch of money on AI R and D when they're already in a downward spiral. Right, right. They, they did buy Cruz though. That was years ago, but they did buy Cruz, so they have like an autonomous play. Sure, but sure. you're right. But Core GM is Core GM. Yeah, but let's sure. not kid ourselves that they had some recalls that cost people lives recently, and it was it's all true. because they wanted to save like twenty cents per ignition switch. And yeah. that yeah. was a huge risk. They knew right. those well, things were so faulty. They got sued. Yeah. The, the, the emails came out. The, the quality control said to ignore it. Right. All so, that shit. So here, for sure, as a guy who doesn't know what he's talking about, my opinion is that <laughs> it, my opinion is that Big Auto got big and bureaucratic, and yeah, some of that shit slipped through the cracks. I know guys that grew up. I, I you know I know people that are from that part of the country. I know people sure. that used to bring books to work. And because and and sit on the plant line because that's kind of the way thing you know it's kind of it's it's UAW it's you know it is what it is it's big labor yeah okay Tesla is that that was twenty you know a lot of these recalls were from old things right and it's like what where's Tesla going to be in ten years first of all they're not going to recall it they're going to burn the email and like you know <laughs> use some crazy like yeah. you know Hillary Clinton type technology to like delete it off the server uh. but but um, they. So I think that those are two different things. I think they are – I think Tesla is the epitome of a VC-stuffed um, Silicon Valley bubble. That's what I think. So you heard it here first, kids. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Well, you know. But time will tell. Scoreboard says 750. I'm losing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the thing. At the end of the day, yeah. they have a scoreboard. It's called the stock price. And uh, right now it says Elon wins. Everybody else, Mary Barra, yeah. you know, my whatever, yeah, relatives I mean, and shit. The other thing is, too, <laughs> right, Lose. is if you are a trader and you watch the stock rise 200 bucks in a couple of hours, I can't imagine how many people just dumped it. You know what I mean? Yeah, the smart ones. Because you can just buy back the next day. Yeah. You know, yeah, you got to take you got to take the gains. 
if you eat it on the next trade. Right, and there's... You can't dump it and take the loss. I get all that, yeah. but tr- traders don't think that way. They just for think sure. they're going to win. For sure, for sure. And I think you that there's, there are traders surfing on top of fundamental investors, which are just bag holder 24-year-olds that live with their parents, drive a Tesla, and, you know, Elon duped them out of all this shit, and they... And they're buying it because they don't know any better. Yeah. You know, it ain't Wall Street that's long Tesla. Like, mm-hmm. look at the shareholders. You know, Billy Gifford's a big one. You know, there's a couple big TIA crap, I think. But it's not like – it's not Goldman Sachs. It's not like – it's, yeah, it's not Capital Group. Yeah. Actually, I was surprised how much Capital Group does own, though. I saw, like, in New Perspective, there's a bunch of Tesla or something like that. There's, well, I mean, you got you to gotta keep in mind they're huge. Well, for sure, for sure. They that's have right. to buy something. Well, yeah, but I wouldn't have I thought mean, that. Even those guys run out of shit yeah. to buy because yeah. they're so fucking big, right? right? But so. point being, they're not. They, for sure, what's the, the, the marginal? The you said it earlier, right? They they got the inside scoop. Oh yeah, for sure. And and like, if they catch the run from three hundred to nine hundred, dump it at eight. You know, that's that's uh, that's good fundamental investing. Whether you know yeah. whether the company had a ten PE ratio or not, who cares? You know. So um, you know, I, I it is it is interesting. I think it'll see it. We'll see how it plays out. But yeah. Not optimistic. What do you think? I think we're good. All right. Well, we uh, we had fun. I got much to say. We just can't say it on the air. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm shocked you got this far on the podcast, Mom. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Compounder Bros. Oh.